The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Hopefully I'm not grunting and groaning too much. I messed up my back putting on my underwear this morning. Oh, no. That's, uh, I I did the same thing a few weeks ago, putting on pants. So I, yeah. I know exactly how it is in here. I mean, that was the end of February, and it still have some tweaks going on with it so you know it's you get old your back goes out right oh yeah it's like shit i'm that age now yeah oh man mm-hmm. last time that happened my uh i was picking up a butterfinger bar my daughter had dropped on the floor and it's just like oh nope <laughs> you know <laughs> like, oh, okay uh, not mine anymore that's uh it's yeah. fair game yeah wow Welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I am Brandon, of course, the host. And today my guest is returning Dave Chinaki. Hello, Dave. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? It's going well. And you? I'm doing great. And I'm also very impressed that you remember how to say my last name. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's it's one of those names that, uh, you know, it's weird enough that it sticks in my head that, okay, that's how I need to say it. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. And uh, today we're talking about the first single from No Code that they released back before the album came out to July 30th, 1996, uh, Who You Are. And this is a uh, track that Jack Irons, Stone Gossard, and Eddie Vedder wrote. Jack was kind of playing the drums, and Stone was like, oh, hey, let me put something to that. And then uh, Ed came in and wrote lyrics. I don't know if they did any music to it. As well, they uh, at least in these album liner notes, they don't really uh, split that up between the lyrics and vocal or the lyrics and all that sort of stuff. At least I don't think so. I didn't notice on this one. No, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. I got my uh, giant Polaroid here from the my OG copy of No Code on vinyl, and uh, yeah, it just says Gossard Irons Vetter. So um, they uh, don't really say one way or the other like they started to do after a while yeah and for those of you playing the home game looking at your own polaroids that's (laughs) going to be number 6d or 6e right correct yes it's uh either the picture that's like artwork for that was like an eye and a moon and some weird sort of arches things or it's the uh like a a polaroid of eddie taking a polaroid of some round reflected surface yeah, it's hard to tell if that's part of like a rear view mirror, like the the blind little blind spot mirror on a bigger mirror. It's kind of what I've always thought it is, but I, I can't say I honestly know. Yeah. So I, I am I am holding six E in my hand. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I think uh I can't remember. I I have uh C and E. One of them is a CD, and one of them is the vinyl. Right. And I've toyed with the idea of trying to get all the C D versions. Yeah, but. It, that's a little cheaper. <laughs> oh, yes, that, that would be exactly why. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> like some people are like, I need the vinyl. It's like, eh, I think I can get away with just the CD. That's, uh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, the vinyl's cooler. The bigger oh, Polaroids yeah. is definitely a lot cooler, but, uh, yeah, it's to save a lot of money. Even I was looking cause, um, back when they reissued no code along with yield, I thought I was like, you know, I have the original. I was like, Oh, I might want to hear the remastered version at some point. I just happened to log on to Amazon before we started this, and uh, they apparently don't have them anymore. And what they are selling are not cheap. Oh, really? Like ninety bucks, ninety bucks for a copy on vinyl for the uh, so, the redone ones. Yeah, for the remaster. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Though I can't confirm it was the remaster, but it was ninety bucks. Is ninety bucks either way? I, I guess we'll we'll get into it right now. At least this part of the uh, of the of the song to talk about is that I believe after. They released uh, the greatest hits uh, album, Rearview Mirror, that they uh, they reworked part of the lyrics in it. Right. Yeah. That that always I have both versions of the song on my phone and that always throws me for a loop if I'm not like looking at my screen seeing which album covers up, you know, and it gets that verse. If it's the Rearview Mirror version, it's, I always sing it wrong and then it just it still sounds so odd to my ears. And that's been out for, what, 15, 16 years now or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I've always wondered if that if that was on purpose that they re- reworked the lyrics or if, you know, whoever was mixing and mastering brought up the wrong track or they cut that lyric and re-recorded it and when they mastered it for the CD and then it wasn't on the master tape or on a different channel. I mean, I, those things happen sometimes when you're remastering yeah. and reworking some stuff. So I've always kind of wondered exactly what happened there. Yeah, so originally Circumstance Clapping Hands. Circumstance Clapping Hands. And nowadays, I believe on the on all the versions after it, so after they've repressed the vinyl and the newer CDs and stuff like that, if they've if they've made them after Rear Mirror have come out, it's uh, Avalanche Falling Fast. Avalanche Falling Fast. Uh, so it so it is on newer versions of the CD. I, I believe then. so. That's what that I've seen out. people huh. saying about it. Yeah, interesting. Or at least on uh, streaming. So I don't know if they're just pulling from the review mirror or if just like when they remastered everything, they took that version of it. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, there's 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 a little bit you got about the song out of the way. Check that off my uh, my notes and uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so now let's get yeah. to uh, what's what's more about it. This, like I said, the first single that came out uh, before No Code came out, and so you have ten verses, Vitology, uh, Mirrorball, and Merkinball, and then you got this song right. coming out of nowhere. Coming absolutely out of nowhere. I mean, it was interesting because you said the date that they released it was July 30th and no code came out. Wasn't it like August 26th, 27th, mm-hmm. something like that? That that seems very close these days considering like uh, how long a single is typically out before an album comes out. That seems really close to me and yeah. I don't recall it being that close. But um, I've, I have very vivid memories of hearing it on the radio for the first time. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, they could have released it on the radio before commercially it was released, which, you know. That's that's true. You know, radio guys yeah. get a hold of stuff I, earlier than, you know, they put it out in the shops. Right. I, I generally remember it being about the same time. And again, you know, I mean, that's 20, 
uh, something 20, almost 25 years ago. So, you know, is how, how reliable is my memory <laughs> for, for dates like that? But, um, like I no code. And then this song in general, I have an interesting Pearl Jam relationship with, because I heard and liked, you know, Pearl Jam from when 10 came out. I remember seeing, you know, the videos on MTV and such and liking the songs that I had heard, but I really got into Pearl Jam after shortly after Vitology came out. I had a buddy in grade school who was really into them and so kind of uh, turned me on to them. So I, I give a shout out to uh, my best friend from growing up, Steve Fagoni, here for getting me into Pearl Jam. So, you know, I went back, I bought Vitology first, then bought Versus, then bought 10. And so this was my first experience of experiencing the hype of an album coming out and hearing the new single and everything. And so at that point I was just, I just wanted it all. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted all the songs. I, I wanted everything Pearl Jam. And um, later, I guess later that year, I started um, learning how to play guitar. But at this time I was uh, mainly a drummer and taking drum lessons. And so, you know, combined with the hype of new Pearl Jam album and, and everything and new song and just wanted to hear it uh nonstop plus you know that drum groove jack has is still to still to this day i don't know how he does everything you hear with just two arms <laughs> on there because <laughs> I mean, it, it's not easy and uh pretty complex and, and it's a testament to jack irons as a drummer you know, and so as different as the song is, it was one of those for me that just like, you know, it's new Pearl Jam. I got to hear this and, you know, um, holds a special place in my heart. And, you know, it's a song that I love because of how great, you know, I think the drums are and how different it is. And that it was that first Pearl Jam album that I got to experience that whole lead up and hype and everything, too. Yeah, I I I think this started the the very sort of divisive sort of uh oh Pearl Jam's changing now Pearl Jam's not as rock and roll as they are they're getting off doing right. the weird Beatles thing I mean like there's like this sort of Eastern feel World to this music yeah influences and yeah. I don't know if it was specifically this song that might just like started turning people off, but you know, this album, I, I, I don't know. There's like, there's certain people that are like turned off by this album. There's like, ah, it's too weird. It's not like the, the same old stuff that they, they've, they, that they've done. And then there's like people who's like, Oh no, this is like their best album. I don't like it's, it's got all this different stuff. It's, you know, they're finally their own band or they're making the music that they want to make. I don't know that it's, it's just something right. new. Yeah, I mean, you can never make anybody happy, uh, or everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody. You you can't you can make certain people happy, but not everybody happy. And yeah, I mean, they definitely drew a line in the proverbial sand with uh, this album, but also with the choice of the first single. I mean, they've kind of from this point on, maybe less so with yield but it kind of you know started a history of choosing some weirder things as first singles from albums for sure moving forward from this yeah and especially now where we are in the uh in the lineage of pearl jam they have their uh new album gigaton come out and the first single from that 
is another song that is a weird sounding one that one one that you don't think is like what that's pearl jam what are they doing right exactly and i yeah i had a lot of flashbacks to you know 96 when reading some message boards posts and such um when dance of the clairvoyance dropped and it i think there are a lot of parallels there but i i I love weird pearl jam i love when they get weird and try different things so i'm i'm all for all of it yeah it's kind of uh especially you know you got vitology which is full of weird stuff and that's weird stuff that's not even really songs right (laughs) and and it's almost like people forget that sometimes that yeah there's there's a lot of weird stuff on vitology this is this is significantly less weird if you think about it no code is the fan fan club singles too they got weird stuff on that so yeah that's it's uh let me think yeah there's um I, I pepper in some more facts in here that I got. This was uh, debuted at the Showbox show, September of 96, where they uh, played a bunch of other uh, no-code songs. This is also available on the Chicago Cab soundtrack. Yes. What, one of the reasons I bought the Chicago Cab soundtrack, I mean, I had already had Who You Are on the album, but, I mean, obviously hard to imagine was for the reason to pick that up. Oh, yeah. But that's a great soundtrack underrated for sure yeah definitely uh some stuff that i don't know you put some big songs on you have one or two big bands or something like that it's like oh man i gotta get that soundtrack and then you end up getting exposed to a bunch of other songs and artists and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily listen to and come like oh wow cool like home alive when that came out that was a double disc and so you have all these other not huge bands but like all these other artists and stuff like that. And like, oh, wow. And it was like spoken word poetry and stuff like that, too. So that's kind of like, oh, wow, cool. This is all super arty and definitely very, very 90s for just all the stuff that was thrown in there. You're right. I, I don't think it ever got me to actually see the Chicago Cab movie. I can't say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. <laughs> but. yeah. Movie, not so much. Uh, some of those people on the center. I can't remember off the top of my right. head. Other people that are on yeah. there that were... Was, was there a Supergrass song on there? Yeah, Sparkle Horse and Supergrass. Yes, yeah. Oh, and of course, Brad. I'm going to have to pull out the Chicago Cab Cab soundtrack a little bit later today. I remember when the song came out, like, seeing, like, on MTV, because they're like, oh, new Pearl Jam, new Pearl Jam, and then they would, like, play some of it in, like, MTV New or, or something like that, because, you know, they didn't make a video for it, and they're like, oh, the new direction of Pearl Jam, this is, oh, it's a new kind of, uh, what the, we don't even know what to say about this, this is, like, is, is this a sort of... I don't know. A fuck you to fans, like, uh, right. <laughs> like as like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna. If you don't love me at my who you are, you don't deserve me at my hail hail <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't know. It it would have been fascinating if some of those uh, to be in some of those sessions would be a fly on the wall as to what exactly those were like, how those were, how those were going, and just their process of writing and working up some of these songs as, as I think that would be fascinating at any point in their history, but especially this one, cause it's it really seems like a concerted effort to um, now Vitology was a little bit like this too, but you know, it's kind of becomes less riff heavy and more chord based and some, you know, some punk chords in there and stuff, which is stuff that's carried on from here. But stuff they talked about they've talked about endlessly in interviews that has always been part of the DNA of the band. It just kinda worked it way worked its way out over the 
the course of some of those first few albums. Yeah, if 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 this song wasn't the first single, do you think that it would have I mean live pretty much since Jack left the band, they uh, you know, they quit playing the song. There was like a little bump in uh what does that look like 2008, right. 2014, busted out a couple times, but pretty much it was just during the uh the tour cycle for this album that they were playing it. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, as much as I love the song and as much as I love Matt Cameron as a drummer, it's definitely Jack's song. Yeah. And they, um, I, earlier today, I threw on, looked at a couple uh, bootlegs, listened to um, the Key Arena show, which was the show after that Showbox show you mentioned earlier. Uh, listened to that from 96 and that version. And I mean, Jack nails everything uh, as well on mm-hmm. as he does on the recording. And then I listened to the version from Moline when the, the no code show back in 2014 after that. And it's good, but you know, Matt's just a different drummer and, you know, I'm sure he'd be the first one to say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to even try and I'm going to do this as best as I can, but it's still going to be me. I'm not going to try and, you know, imitate, you know, Jack irons, for for that kind of stuff so and and it's good and you know i would love to hear this this song live someday um but it's it's almost yeah i feel torn about it because it would it wouldn't be you know as true to the original that i love so much as you know it would have been if with jack still in the band or back in the day yeah compared also with the other jack song also in my tree do you think that there's something different about that that they that they've kept playing in my tree compared to this song i think it and again matt cameron is as talented of a drummer as there is there but the it's much simpler to play (laughs) in Mm -hmm. my tree than it is uh who you are um and i think that's um might be part of it maybe they just like that song more maybe they get a sense that fans don't want to hear who you are as much i i don't know I think it's definitely a song that people would have not really paid attention to if it weren't released as a single. It'd be like it's like, oh, this is a definite album track. It's like not it doesn't have the uh the kind of quirkiness that like mankind has. It's like, oh stone singing on it, oh wow. But it, it definitely probably like maybe like eh, maybe like I'm open, which is you know, it's like, oh, it's just the weird right. the other weird song on it. That you know they kind of said, "Hey, you have to pay attention to this because it's the uh, it's the first single." It's the first single, yeah. And maybe that may have, was part of it, where they say we're going to force people to listen to this song, yeah, and to pay attention to it and to see what we're doing here and to let them know this is not going to be your normal or what you expect from a Pearl Jam album. And I like when artists you know subvert the expectations too, so. Yeah, kind of like uh, you got to sometimes challenge your audience. You can't give them, you know, you can't give them ice cream and, yeah. and cookies all the time. So you got to make make sure they eat your vet. They eat their vegetables. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you people with the gigaton yeah. vinyl out there know what I'm talking about. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to drop this in there. Cause it's a fantastic album. I I love it from start to finish. Uh, I can't um, talk about it uh, for another three years. Uh, <laughs> three years, yeah, right. at least three years. I don't know how long it's gonna. 
<laughs> well, yeah, teaser there for uh, at any point. Yeah, you but, get to it. Yeah, when, a when, teaser. Yep, and uh, when when somebody new is finding this podcast and binging through everything, and it's like, oh wow, right. cool! Oh, we mentioned it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a it's a it's a weird it's a cool time to, as is always, but it's a cool time to be a Pearl Jam fan. But it's also a weird time to be a Pearl Jam fan. Mm-hmm. I like in some of the you know parallels with Gigaton and No Code a bit, but um, also you know. A week from today, I should be seeing them live, but that's not happening. Yeah, you know, with the state of the world, so it's you know so much hype and excitement, and boiled down to a lot of waiting and uncertainty. Um, but leaves more time to listen to Pearl Jam. So yeah, I'm all for it. Now everybody will know all the words and kind of not be wondering. It's like, oh, what is this song that they're playing? What is? Oh yeah, is that that one song? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it definitely would have would have been weird that some of those Canada shows happened before the album came out because mm-hmm. um, that definitely would be odd. I know I've been to shows where like, hey, we're gonna play a new song. It's like, oh, cool, something new, but you can't don't feel like you could jam out to it as much because you don't know it yet. Yeah, and it's kind of it's it's real. I think fifty fifty with with Pearl Jam, where I think like half the audience. You know what? I'm going to say more than half the audience. If there was like something new, they would be like, oh my gosh, this is something new. Nobody's heard this. Or like if there's like an improv or something like that, right. where it's like, oh shit, this is like something special. This is something cool. And then I think like the other, the other part of the audience would be kind of like, eh, whatever. Play Jeremy, play, right. you know, live. Yeah. 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 That, that you could have. Played an extra long Better Man if you didn't put that new yeah. song in it or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Lyrically, what do you what do you get anything from the song lyrically? What do you um, think that it's it definitely and you know, you talk about the, the Middle Eastern or Eastern vent of the music. Um there's definitely some spirituality to it that I get. It it's very simple though. I mean if you look at Pearljam.com, you know, I mean they're there's not a lot of lyrics to the song um it isn't very verbose and mm-hmm. um i think maybe that was another thing that could, you know potentially caught people off guard you know expecting eddie to say a lot and there's you know the simplicity of the song um doesn't lend itself to that yeah it doesn't really have like a verse chorus verse structure no. to it too yeah I mean, I guess you could technically say there are maybe three verses and then refrain that doesn't repeat, but, you know, two different lines that kind of hit the same part that, you know, yeah. and take me for a ride before we leave, just a little time before we leave. Um, it's probably is about as co- close to the chorus as you, you mm-hmm. can get, or maybe uh, the who are we, who we are, you are who, who you are, could potentially be thought of as the chorus as well. But yeah, it's definitely odd structurally as well yeah, and also this isn't the first song on the album it's the uh it's the third song but it's it does have a sort of beginning to it that they've had on their previous albums mm-hmm. up until this point where there was kind of like a little sort of ooh, a little interlude sort of thing or kind of like oh they're tuning up their instruments or they're kind of getting ready this has you know you have the drums and the somebody just banging on a keyboard stuff before the uh before the song starts and i don't know if if maybe they were thinking of this as a lead-off track for it possibly for the album or 
It's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. The more, and I mean, I couldn't even name how many times I've listened to the song, but um, I went out for a walk this morning and, you know, listened to it about five or six times, um, just kind of over and over, um, prepping for this. And I always had that feeling about it kind of has that kind of interlude kind of not real firm structure and everything to the beginning. And I mean, that's not unearned but the more when i listened to it a bunch of times in a row earlier it really it has the drums and the bass some um extra noises in there but the end of the the end of the song kind of loops back to the beginning it's a little more flushed out but it's a lot of that same that same bass line and so i i think it's less um kind of fiddling around than and a little more intentional, um, which I hadn't actually ever realized um, consciously listening to it before, but it definitely circles back and the end of the song makes the beginning of the song mean, mean more musically, I think. Yeah. Like you were, what you were saying with the uh, sort of Easterny sort of sound with it too, lyrically, you know, it, 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 uh, it ties in that with a, a little bit too. And um, according to the website, the website has the circumstance clapping uh, hands lyric as part of it and so does the uh the uh anthology guitar tab book as well yeah that's interesting i i listened to um because i was wondering that too and i don't know if they updated like the files in itunes or anything you know when they did the remaster with the vinyl a couple of years ago for no code but i just hit the listen to the song sample in itunes and it it had the circumstance clapping hands lyric on itunes so that could be just from because that's originally what was up there and it hasn't been replaced but yeah it's always it's very always interesting to me you know they did that with a few songs on lost dogs and stuff too and it's like did was it i, I want to know if this was on purpose yeah. or not you know yeah well uh you know if if uh if somebody knows if I've got that all wrong, then you know email me email me, let me know, and then I will go back and edit this uh episode and take all those mentions out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just like Pearl Jam <laughs> or not <laughs> you're right or not right <laughs> yeah you know i I get a lot of I get some positivity from from the lyrics as well. I just like. Um, you know, the idea of it, a lot of reassuring people that, you know, whether you think so or not, you play a part in this world and who you are is, is a good thing. And it's a good thing for you to be here and play a part in the world. It's very sort of, you have, I don't know, you have time on this earth. So what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? You know, cause it's, you know, like, like you said, like the possible ish chorus or at least another sort of a uh, uh, repeating theme on it you know take me for a ride before we leave just a little time before we leave and um it does it, at least to me i don't know if i've heard, I've heard it mentioned mm-hmm. before or not but I, I think that it has a sort of connection at least maybe inspiration wise from the who song who are you since uh eddie was such a fan of the who and so he just flipped those around and it's who you are and of course who 
are you right. is notorious for the uh, who the fuck are you that they would yeah. play on the radio and not edit out. Right, right. I still hear that on the radio to to this day. I'm just like, really, nobody's caught on yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 of course, this song can't defend fucked up men. Right. And I think Eddie slurs his a little bit better here, so it's yeah. a little easier to gloss over in this song. Um, and Daltrey did, but uh, but they still played it on the radio, not edited. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally but did. But the same with uh, with uh, I got it or I got shit. Or he says that line. He says mm-hmm. I got memories. I got shit, and that was never edited. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's usually only a problem when someone calls and complains. <laughs> yeah, but then you've had to have had people complain about the Who or you know uh uh, uh what call yeah, it? Yeah, um, you would think so. Pink Floyd with money. Yeah, what another one I hear is uh. Um, oh, uh, REM's What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Uh, there's a line at the at the end of that where Michael Stipe drops the F-bomb, but it sound, it's in cadence with how he normally sings the line. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I've heard that numerous times on the radio, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, nobody still caught that. <laughs> bravo to Michael Stipe. Bravo to Daltry. <laughs> bravo to Eddie Vedder for getting it through, I guess. <laughs> Sticking it to the man, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Being bad influence for all the teens. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure that parents hate the kids' music. Oh, what are you listen to that for? Right, right. <laughs> what? You, I've heard that song saying, who the fuck are you? What are you talking about? It's like, okay, well, um, you got me there. I mean, wait, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a parent. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too. I'm, I'm looking back at the the oversized Polaroid here, and the, I, there are a lot of lyrics that aren't in the song written on here mm-hmm. and it's obviously just you know um inverted copy of eddie's notebook that he would write lyrics and stuff but i mean they're all kind of around the same theme and stuff but it you know it could have been a lot of you know a very different song lyrically just looking at it than it actually was and following his notes he has lines drawn everywhere and ones and twos and a three verse and they're all on different parts of the page i'm like if this is what he recorded and sang to it's amazing that he was able to follow it <laughs> yeah it could it could have been just you know different versions like you're saying with with the yeah. uh the substituted uh line there where you know he and they kind of picked out through it's like okay use you know this line from this track use this line from this track you know use this one this little bit from here and stuff like that, trying to put together the, uh, I don't know what he thought were the best lyrics or the, uh, what fit the best. So it could have just been whoever was, you know, doing the mastering or whatever that day for the greatest hits was, you know, didn't get the right order for him. Right. And avalanche falling fast does not appear anywhere on this, uh, this Polaroid. Oh, conspiracy. Conspiracy theory. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the first things I, when I got home today, I, I looked at, at this, I was like, okay, I, I want to see if that line's on here. Cause I couldn't remember the lot. If one, if I had a, who you are in, in my uh, Polaroids and then look for it and been a long time since I had, and like, nah, it's not there. Yeah. And, and I don't think it was that that reference would be something that they like want to change after Ross killed or anything. Right. Which, you know, the the first thing that kind of came to my mind that they would maybe if there was something that kind of felt kind of offensive or something like that afterwards, it's kind of like, ah, this doesn't like feel right singing it after that or something. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's all a matter of perspective. If if they felt that or Eddie felt that, then he'd want to 
it want to change it. But I'm pretty sure the on a, a track from Moline 2014, he he sang "Circumstance Clapping Hands." So, but you know, he could have changed his mind on it, and I mean, he flubbed the lyrics quite a bit in, in that that version. Of it too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I mean, that's part for the course. Um, yeah, live is never a, an indication no, of uh, <laughs> no. Of the uh, of the actual record, right? <laughs> um, let's see. Is there is there anything else? Do you think this? What? How do you think this song fits in with the album? Do you think it's a good it's a good fit, or it's maybe something that they should have left off and put on one of the other B sides that they had for this instead? Or no, I, I definitely think it it fits. Um, it feels a little bit jarring coming out of Hail Hail, but mm-hmm. you already had sometimes which was quieter and a little different um to kick off the album and it, you know it it does kind of fade in a little bit so it's not um a superstar contrast i don't think but i think it flows well um because of uh jack's drums into in my tree yeah and, and the way in my tree ends really kind of carries you to the rest of the album with the big ending of that and this has this kind of has a uh, for lack of a better word you know kind of swells towards the end and and gets um more um uh, i don't know not complicated but um because other than jack's drums it it really is a fairly simple song um but they they layer something you know some acoustic guitar comes in at the end and there's just a bunch of different stuff that um uh, makes for a cool ending as well and then leads leads nicely into in my tree so i you know i think again i i tend my relationship with the song because it was that that me experience that ooh new Pearl Jam first new Pearl Jam single you know all that I have some of that um, maybe sentimentality um, wrapped up in it as well but yeah I I can't imagine I can't imagine no code without this on there yeah and it does sort of the 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 tracks of this album you know sometimes it's like okay that's the slow Pearl Jam you know hail hail right. okay that's the rock Pearl Jam who you are okay that's the weird Pearl Jam and in my tree right. is sort of the uh the it's kind of a combination of all three <laughs> yeah well I, I think it's the 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 soaring the soaring anthemic yeah. Pearl Jam yeah. that they would kind of develop into a little bit later and so you got like the the four faces of of Pearl Jam as the the four the first four tracks on this album sort of introduce you to yeah. okay this is all we got this is who we are. Oh, who we are. And oh, oh. and then, you know, you got the rest of the album, which is kind of like, okay, so that was our, that was our thesis statement. That was our introduction. And now we got the, uh, and now we got everything else on there. Well, your little pun there just kind of made me think it's, you know, there's <laughs> it. Well, no, you look at the lyrics um, is to, you know, is to transcend where we are. Who are we? You know, I, I can't imagine if if you know anything about the history of the band, that that's a question they were undoubtedly asking themselves around this time, you know, as mm-hmm. they grappled with the fame and, and everything and wanting to pull away from, from that. So I, I think in addition to it being weird and challenging, you know, what people think Pearl Jam is and saying, Hey, let's put out this weird song as a first single. It's also maybe a mission statement for no code and a mission statement for who they want to be moving forward is let's figure out who we are and what part we play and what part we want our albums and songs to play and kind of ties in with, with that theme. I could easily see, lyrically them saying okay you know 
that makes sense as for this next era of the band to release this first too. Yeah. And it's sort of a philosophical theological sort of uh theme there too or you know i i think therefore i am and also you know like uh, uh i am that i am mm-hmm. sort of sort of like hey you know if you're wondering who you are it's like it's it's right. who, who who you are it's it's oh it's 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 it, it, uh, your 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 existence is pondering your yeah. existence that's why that's why you exist because you uh, you wonder why you exist i don't know yes yeah ooh mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, there we go okay checking off the weird uh uh-huh. sort of philosophical uh, big questions yeah. <laughs> in uh, my episode so i got that off and uh... got that nice <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all. Now that I got real deep, I think that's right. all I got the, for this. <laughs> is, there any, <laughs> is there anything else that you? Um, I I do want to say um, I have a daughter and she's uh, learning how to play guitar, and so she was practicing today. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go talk about this Pearl Jam song. I was like, do, you know, do you want to, you know, can I teach you part of it? Because the guitar part's very 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 simple. It's actually one of the first songs I ever mm-hmm. learned how to play on guitar. I, I had mentioned I was a drummer before this and, and started playing guitar and it, it's, it's very, very simple. So uh, just those first three notes that repeat up and down back, I, I taught her today. So we played that a little bit. And so, um, that warmed my heart a little bit that, you know, I am doing what I can to pass Pearl Jam on to the younger generations and to have her play an easy Pearl Jam song was cool. Yeah. Cause we gotta have, we gotta have, uh, people to take with us when we uh when we go to shows right right absolutely yeah absolutely blow their minds yeah yeah i don't know i don't, I don't know if she's ready for that you know three and a half hour marathon set list yet or not but <laughs> well if they have opening bands with them then it might uh might cut that down a little bit yeah yeah that's true that's fair yeah we'll see i mean when when the tour gets rescheduled and i mean things could be very different by then yeah yeah <laughs> on what on how they do it so yeah so um we're gonna end this i'm gonna what's what do you think is something that uh people listening should do to try to encourage kindness or try to just make somebody else's day um i think you know right now in the world and i'm sad i don't know when people will be listening to this but uh we have everything going on with the coronavirus and people being sheltered and quarantined and people stockpiling toilet paper and all sorts of stuff like that. And I've, you know, just to be kind to people. And I think assume, you know, if if people are doing the best they can with, with what they're given and what they're working with and to don't hoard toilet paper or if you, (laughs) Or, or if you have an, a few extra rolls and you hear your coworker is running out or you're at the store and, you know, a coworker or you're a neighbor or a family member, you know, you find eggs, you don't need eggs, but you know, they might need them, you know, do something kind for, for someone and, you know, kindness encourages kindness. Um, I'm a firm believer of that uh, mm-hmm. kind acts. Uh, make the world a better place and encourage people to do that as well. And so I just think um, it's tough out there. It's tough for all of us. We're all dealing with this in a different way. But if you can 
um, do some sort of small act of kindness to pay forward something, even if it wasn't through this, but something in the past that someone did for you, pay it forward and be kind to people in grocery store lines or, uh, you know, that target or wherever you're going, it just, um, smile and wave at people and just, you know, put that out into the universe because there's not nearly enough of it. And hopefully we can, uh, make a little bit difference with that. That's right. Come to send, not condescend. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Linked it yeah. all together. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, don't, don't be the trampled moss on the souls of yes. other people. From yeah. the, uh, that's the moss from the aforementioned verse. Imagine. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks again for coming on, Dave. And, uh, You're welcome. Thanks, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have you coming back to, to talk about uh, some more Pearl Jam with you. Absolutely. I love doing it. All right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was good talking to other people about Pearl Jam instead of just being like, oh, I can't talk to my wife. I don't have any <laughs> friends here my, I can talk to. <laughs> my wife listens. My coworkers listen because I, I just talk about it. So, um, you know, it's they, most of them have learned to just kind of smile and nod. <laughs> my my, uh, my daughter will listen in the car and she's like, yeah. And I, th- I showed her, uh, I just got... Uh, Gigaton Vital. I ordered it from a um, um, oh. an independent store, so they they got their shipments in later than yeah. you know everybody else, and so they right. they called me and said, "Oh, we got it, we got it in for you." It's like, "Oh, cool, cool, cool." It's like you can't come and pick it up. It's like, "Yep, I know." I guess so we'll we'll mail it to you. It's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> I just got it. I just got it in the mail uh, earlier today, a couple hours, and uh, I showed it to my daughter. She's like, "Oh, cool. Can we listen to it? Can you put it on the turntable?" Oh, I'm like, "Oh, nice. yeah." We'll do that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. They did it. They did a fantastic job yeah. of that packaging and the no code packaging, and they always do. But yeah, I work in printing, and I took the vinyl to the shop just to like everybody look at the you know the chrome mm-hmm. effect and the printing and everything, and we were all geeking out <laughs> over it because we're print, we're print nerds too. I'm like, yeah, at least I can get you to look at the the print print aspect of yeah, this yeah. and nothing else. So. Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Dave and as always, this is Brandon saying Ooh, a head bag. Those are chock full of heady goodness.